Dear Cosmo Babies, today we are going to be answering some frequently asked questions that slide into our DMs pretty often. I'm your host, Annie MacArthur, and I have my co-host here with me, Erin Gray. Hey, I'm actually really excited to talk about this question today because I think it's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let me pull up the DM really quick. So what a DM that we recently got, it's it's one that we get super often. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. it's honestly one of my favorite ones because when students slide into our DMs, I just get I get so excited because it's like they're, you know, it's a fresh start for them. Like they really get they're to engaging. like make the most of their career so the dm that we got recently from a little baby little baby student little cosmo baby says hey all i recently started my cosmetology journey about five weeks ago i found you online and was hoping that i could ask you a couple of questions i really want to make the most out of the next 12 months and i was hoping that you could help give me a roadmap or a guide to make that happen yes Yes, we can. Um, I I love this question because to me, this is like, this is like they're waving their hair nerd flag. Like, hi, I'm actually just going to be a hair nerd for the rest of my life. And I absolutely love to be in school and I care. Um, and I think that, I think that anybody who is five, five weeks into schooling and already reaching out to different industry mentors um, and getting that kind of like extra oomph um, is definitely someone who's going to be passionate about the industry. Um, For me, I would say like number one, number one way to maximize that 20 grand uh, that you just paid is to do everything, to create and um take hold of all of those different opportunities i'll let you jump in annie but i know that (laughs) i know we have similar similar ideas on things absolutely i feel like uh, like you said someone who's reaching out at five weeks into their into their journey tells me that they have already done a lot for their career research wise Like they're obviously looking at trade media. They are obviously either listening to podcasts or looking for online education or whatever they did to be able to, you know, find us to like slide into our DMs. I feel like the the effort has already been put in um, Mm -hmm. quite a bit, you know, the the, the DM came in on our uh, trade media brand, the Hair Nerds. So if you're not following the Hair Nerds, make sure you hit that follow button. The link will be in our in our description. But but for someone to find an alternative trade media so early, just that already says a lot to me. And I, I did do like a little bit of stalking on their Instagram. It does look like they are not super, super young. It looks like they might be a little bit older into their journey. It looks like they're, I was, if I had a guess, I'd say they're probably in their mid twenties. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's such Which a dangerous is, game. <laughs> you know, cause it's like <laughs> one, you can't really tell, but tell, but you know, someone who's like not 18 starting cosmetology school right out of high school tells me that they've lived life a little bit. They're looking to jump into an actual career for themselves and like do something for themselves to set them up for the rest of their life. Um, I personally went to school when I was a little bit older. I was in my mid to late 20s when I went to cosmetology school, even though I'd already been a part of the professional beauty industry for many years with an aesthetics license. I feel like cosmetology school is a way different ball game. Um, and 
And, and I think ha- being a little bit older, having that mindset of like, for me, it was very like, make it or break it. Like, this is, this is it. Like, I have to, I have to make this work because I, I wanted it so badly, you know, and I wanted my career to be everything it possibly could. So when I was in school, um, I took the opportunity to really get to know our student services coordinator, which happened to be Erin. <laughs> Obviously, that worked out really well for me <laughs> 10 years later down the road. Work for forever. <laughs> and, but with doing that, it made sure that I knew everything that was coming up because yeah. I had already put in the effort to start the conversation with you to find out what is happening at school, what is going on, what classes are available to me, what competitions are there, what is everything that I could do, whether I was good at it or not, what can I do to push myself outside of those standard boundaries of just learning, taking clients at school, moving along. And I think that what what you're saying is really the same thing. Find industry mentors mm-hmm. online, surround yourself with people who are going to keep you in the know of what's coming up, what events are happening, what competitions mm-hmm. are happening, um, industry-wide. And then also utilizing your resources at school, whether that's, you know, if you have a student services coordinator or you have some kind of like events director, um, or even if it's just a really passionate educator who is also a hair nerd and, you know, is mm-hmm. is surrounding themselves with those things. Um, I think that it's really you know, just utilizing those resources both on and offline to make sure that that you are in the know, that you have all the details. So, you know, if you want to enter Beacon or you want to enter a Pravana Vivids contest or there's, God, a salon-centric class coming up in your area, like mm-hmm. whatever that looks like, um, making sure that you're at least aware of them so that you can decide what things might be a good fit for you. Absolutely. Something that I think about now, you know, hindsight is always 2020, but Mm -hmm. what I think I would have maybe done differently when I was in school, um, which I didn't know any better at that time, but, but now having done everything in my career that I have looking back, I think that I would have looked at salons differently during my time in school and try to get to know the local salons a little bit better because salons typically hold a lot of education throughout the year. I know mm-hmm. that the salon I currently work at, we hold um, advanced education once a month, plus at least two to three times a year, we bring in an advanced educator from the outside of the salon because our our once a month education is typically done by one of the stylists in the salon, but we do bring in outside educators as well. And Knowing that now, what I would advise to anyone who is a student or even brand new in your career, see if they open that up to the public. You know, if they're posting about that advanced education on their social media or on their website, I would absolutely have, you know, social media wasn't really a thing when I I was in student, uh, in school as a student, but like I would have slid into their DMs. Hey, is this open to the public? I'm a student in cosmetology school. Are you allowing other people to attend this? You know, and seeking those opportunities. I just didn't know better then. I didn't realize that could be an option. Yeah. And I think always, always leading with 
I'm a student at such and such school. I'm, I'm such a huge fan of what your salon is doing and the culture mm-hmm. that you're building um, is, is a really disarming way to neutralize that tone. I'm not, I'm not coming from another salon. I'm not trying to steal your education. Like I'm genuinely interested in education. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think, I think one of the things to really think about kind of within that realm is does your state allow externing? Um, And so externing is where in the state of California, and there are lots of other states that allow it, but specifically California, you can get like 10% of your hours in a salon. um, And so you go like once a week and you are working in the salon those days assisting. Um, You are very limited in what you're able to do. But you are getting that like exposure and that real world experience and also an interview every, every week. Right. And I always encourage students to try, try different salons. If you find somewhere that you really fit, keep going. Um, And I think that that's such an, such an easy way to start building your salon connection Mm -hmm. and your network. Um, And, you know, potentially getting a position. I know that I know that in some places it's, there may only be a handful of assisting programs. Um, I'm in Northern California and even, even here where you would think that there would be a ton, there were very limited options for so limited. was in school. I mean, like down to where there were like two salons that were, that did actual assisting programs and they took like yeah. two students a year. And there are, you know, a dozen cosmetology schools in the area. So if you, if you hadn't gotten in and you weren't on that list, like it was not happening for you. Um, and so I think like really getting out there and kind of interviewing the salons for yourself, um, and seeing how you fit in on a daily basis, because you might go once and it might be incredible. Um, but what happens when you're there five or six times and people are used to you, like how, what is that situation really going to look like for you? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think I think taking advantage of those opportunities, and that's also a really great way to get invited to their education, mm-hmm. um, because salons, a salon needs to trust you before you're just gonna like pop in and you know start draining their resources, right? So, so I think that that's a great way to build that rapport, so that you are able to have this like kind of like trusting relationship and. And I know lots of salons that will invite students in and allow them to to learn with them and to learn alongside their stylists and absolutely, you know, future future coworkers. Definitely. I, I know that here in Washington, where I live, the externship, uh, the the programs here, you have to be in your last, I believe it's 300 hours mm-hmm. of school. Yeah. And so someone who's just starting off who's not at that ability yet to start their mm-hmm. externship. I think it's such a good idea to already start taking a look at those salons in your area. Um, and again, ask, ask if you can attend their education, they may charge you and that's okay. You know, cause it, you aren't a part of their salon. They haven't invested in you yet, but they may do something at a student price, but getting into those salons, they may not even offer externships, but you going into that salon all the time and starting to build a rapport, they can sign up to become an extern salon. And so if this is like, nope, this is it. I've been 
I've been coming in here, I've been shadowing or I've been volunteering or I've been attending their education because they've allowed me to. I think this is the place that I want to be at. Go talk to your school about setting up an externship program with them because then you can really be there more often during that last portion of your schooling and get those hours while being in the place that you eventually would like to work uh-huh. in. Absolutely. But you got to build that rapport first. You know, you, totally. like, you got to go in and, and, and do the work. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I think like, gosh, social has made it so easy now for us to be voyeurs and, you know, kind of take Absolutely. a look at uh, salons, though you will not know what a salon is truly like until you walk through those doors because, yeah, you know, social media is fake. Like, I mean, it's like Instagram versus reality, right? So is the culture that they are presenting um, in an online space the same as the culture that is actually being lived there? Um, yeah. And you will save yourself years and years of heartache by, by doing a little research in school instead of getting locked in and then feeling stuck. And I mean, I, I would say that that's probably the second most uh, frequent DM that we get is, you know, I, I, I'm in a salon home that is sucking the soul out of out of my out yeah. of my body and yep. I'm not sure what to do and I feel stuck because I don't I don't want to be a salon hopper you know and and so much of that is just preparation beforehand making sure that that is going to be the right fit for you you have depending on your state a thousand hours 1600 hours 2000 hours to um to work that out like do yourself that favor and instead of getting stuck somewhere that you hate um see if you hate it during an externing program you know because you there it happens people come back and they're like oh no 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 that is that is not the salon for me and gosh i mean isn't that the time to find out to have yeah. one bad day there instead of 365 you know absolutely yeah, absolutely. I feel like another really good piece of advice to someone who is just starting off on their their journey is, and again, this was something I did and I found highly valuable, is I entered all the competitions. Uh-huh. Whether I was interested or <laughs> successful at them, I wanted to push my boundary on every single avenue that was brought to me <clears throat> to find out if it was something I was interested in or good at or potentially wanted to pursue, I didn't know until I tried. And I felt like I learned a lot about where I wanted to take my career just uh-huh. by entering those competitions that were available to me. And and again, whether I was good at it or not, I learned something from it, whether that was techniques specifically to hairstyling or coloring or cutting, or whether that was to the future path I wanted to take. And, uh-huh. and I found that so important in, and they do cost money. Typically, if you are presented with an opportunity as a student to enter a competition, especially if your school is helping you do it, they always cost money on some level. There's an entry fee, there's a doll head fee, there's, there's something that will go along with it that's monetary, but it was worth spending that money to me to figure it out. And, and it really helped focus where I knew I wanted to go by the end of my 1600 hours that I, that, you know, I was required in the state I was in to do. Um, It really opened my eyes to a lot and it really helped me figure out where I wanted to go in the future. 
So things that I love about competitions, one, I, it pushes you, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have deadline, um, two, you're doing something very different. It's not what you, it's not what you're doing every day at school, you know, like quote unquote behind the chair, like roll, you know, rolling your perms and like doing your ops so that you have all of your, your technical things um, for state board. Um, but it also opens you up to a different side of the industry. Um, and it opens you up to different people in the industry. Um, one of my, one of my former students entered a Wella competition and, and ended up becoming very good friends with like their VP of education. And she wanted to eventually do something that wasn't, that wasn't just behind the chair. And I think for those students who, um, have the desire to work either with a brand or as influencer or in a capacity that isn't your normal, like, get out of school, join an assisting program, work behind the chair. Like if you are interested in a different part of this industry, the very best thing that you can do for yourself to get noticed by high level people at manufacturers is to enter competitions because you would die if you realize the people who are actually like looking at your work. And it's almost always like, like some of their global ambassadors or some of their lead educators. And then like, you know, VP of like, of education and marketing, like they come in. And then when you actually go to, um, she became like a semifinalist and and went to Chicago for a trip. Like, you know, all of that was out of her own pocket. And so she was uh-huh. scrambling and had to figure it out, but she took that opportunity and you go, and now you, you're with the highest level people there and, and you have this incredible experience and those things turn into other things. And so uh-huh. I think when you, when you want something not bigger, but different um, in the industry, you have you have to look for different opportunities, Absolutely. right? And that is competitions. Uh-huh. That is competitions, you know. And and now, gosh, it used to be like do the mo- do the photo shoot, take the picture, send in a printed eight and a half by eleven, or you know what I mean, like an eight by yes. ten. <laughs> and it's super not like that anymore. Like now, you just like upload your picture to their website or mm-hmm. create the online profile. God, even sometimes it's like tag the picture on Instagram. If yeah. you are entering every single competition where you just tag a picture on Instagram, then you are missing the point because it, you will learn so much about yourself um, doing, doing that shoot. And even if you are just taking the pictures, you know, mm-hmm. but it teaches you, it teaches you those angles. It teaches you how to work on set. It teaches you how to find a model absolutely because when you are in even if you're just going to an assisting program you are going to be required to find models Mm -hmm. and if you don't know how to get out there and hustle and convince somebody to let you do their hair and put put their fate in your hands um you're gonna have you're gonna have a very hard time a very hard time so and the world of competitions is drastically changing and has Mm -hmm. been over the the course of the past like five years, especially, we have seen a huge, huge change in the world of competitions. And especially with how vast social media has become in the last 10 years, we, there are so many, when I was in school, the competitions were very, you had your Nahas, you had your uh, Goldwell Color Zooms, your Pravana Vivid, Mm -hmm. they were all your trend vision, you know, Uh it's like they, they were your manufacturer driven competitions. And now we're seeing an uprise of independent 
style mm -hmm. competitions, trade media competitions. Um, you have the Hairbrained Video Awards that are are way more open to everybody entering um, than some other competitions that are out there that you you kind of have to have this backing or a lot of money behind you or the best photographers. There, there are such easier ways, especially as a student, even a brand new student. If you start cosmetology school tomorrow, you can enter some of these competitions. Mm -hmm. the, the, it, they're so much more open than they used to be. And I think you know, I think that is definitely a way to learn so much about yourself, learn about the industry, but it's, and it's not just for brand recognition anymore. Um, this is how you could find your potential mentor because uh -huh. they have seen your work or you placed in one of these competitions and people are reaching out to you. This is how to find new inspiration or friends in the industry that you may have never met. Otherwise, there are so many more possibilities to the advantages of entering competitions like this than, than I believe that they used to be. I, I think it used to be really difficult, you know? Well, yeah. And I would also say, do not be afraid to ask your school leadership um, or owners for help yeah. with these competitions. You know, and I, I would always suggest putting together like a one sheet. So just one piece of paper, type it up, be professional, like show them, show them, what you think you're going to gain from it, mm -hmm. uh, exactly what support you need. If it's, could I come in, you know, on an off time and get hours and could I utilize our photo room or could I utilize whatever, whatever it is you mm -hmm. need to make it happen. Um, and, and what you are also wanting to give back, you know, I, I would love to do social on this and, and talk about the experience um, and tag my school. Um, I think that we, we live in an age where now I think school owners are, are much, much more hip to the fact that you can, you can put together a photo shoot on the cheap, on the fly. And Absolutely. a lot of schools you already have, you already have great, you know, um, film and camera equipment, or you already have a, a photo room. Mm -hmm. Um, cause that's the world we live in now. Mm -hmm. It was not when Annie was in school. Um, it was not, <laughs> it was not, it was not luckily Annie went to school where we, we absolutely did have, um, some of those things. Um, you know, and, and the student that I mentioned before, I, I want to say that they may be even kicked in a couple hundred dollars, like on her hotel for Chicago, um, because it is something prestigious for your school. So yeah. as you are winning competitions or becoming a finalist, like that's, that's a feather in their cap too, not Definitely. just yours. Mm -hmm. Um, and so just remind them of those things. I, I think you would be hard pressed to find an owner who wouldn't at least consider it. And I think yeah. as long as you go in with a clear plan of this is what I want to do, this is how I'm doing it. And this is like the, the very small way that I'm asking you to support me as your student. Um, I think that that's totally acceptable. Mm -hmm. All I can do is say no. Right. And that's kind of, that's kind of always my reasoning with everything. Like all I can do is say no. And, and I'm right back where I started. I have lost nothing. Absolutely. My accidentally say yes. And yep. wouldn't that be awesome? Definitely agree with that. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and these are all kind of like based on my opinions, like how the best way to take advantage of your opportunities in school. But for me, these are all based off of personal experience. But I think the 
an additional way is if you have the ability or the opportunity, attend hair shows or mm-hmm. award shows or like go to these events that are available. Um, and if your school isn't talking to you about them, find the trade medias that are talking about them. Look, do the research on on social media for beauty shows. Go into Google and type in, you know, hair show in my wherever you're at, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they typically happen in larger areas, Seattle, LA, Las Vegas, New York, Chicago, Orlando. I think I hit all the places, but it's like usually Austin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's usually those like larger areas, but if you do have the ability, I highly recommend attending it because it is not just a place you can go buy wholesale items. Like it's so much more than that. There's, there's education, there's networking opportunities. There's, there's, there's so much that can happen at a hair show. Absolutely. And and I think that there's this conversation in the industry that like the hair shows are dead, um, you know, now that we're coming out of COVID, but I would still really encourage people to go because, especially as a student, um, because attendance is down. And I think that's kind of the greatest superpower there is that there are less people to fight to, um, you know, be in those classes. So attend all of the, ed- they have amazing yeah. educators. Amazing um, education. At- at at shows um talk to the people in the booths if that's something you know if these are brands that you're interested in or techniques that you're interested in a lot of times they'll have free certification classes during the shows Mm -hmm. um and also remember it doesn't have to be a huge hair show like there are smaller hair shows you know um like there used to be like the fashion focus shows and they would be in like Alabama and like San Jose, you know, like, yeah. like so that everyone kind of had that opportunity. Um, and so regionally, you're going to find something. It may mean that you pile up with four girlfriends in the car and you guys go share a hotel room and people are sleeping on the floor. Um, but that's all a part of the experience. Like mm-hmm. it really is a part of that inspiration. And I think that seeing, you know, you get so used to your four walls at school and your hundred other cosmetology like peers uh-huh. um and it's really an amazing thing to walk into a convention center with forty thousand, um you know professional uh people and and feel that energy and i think for me that's really what it's about with students is showing showing you the bigger side of the of the industry that Yes, you can go work behind the chair um, and these shows shows will help support you in that. You can also be on a stage at one of these shows. You can educate, you Uh can work for a product line. Like there are, there are so many things that you can do in professional beauty with your license um, and so many different avenues. And I think that it really opens, it opens that part of the world up to and it's exciting like who doesn't want to like a little trip and there's always like an after party and hairdressers love to like you know go hang out um you know and just meet people and and say hello I remember my first hair show as a student it was the Mm -hmm. best (laughs) like I I don't think anyone could ever top that like sometimes I feel like we still try to recreate that magic even now I think in other ways but that was the best experience was my first hair show in beauty school well Annie's first hair show the hair nerds had like just kind of started yeah really exciting it was kind of a fun cool time in the industry anyways 
Um, but you know, like Hairbrain was was getting going, and we did we would do these like gorilla haircuts mm -hmm. in hotel rooms. And so, you know, she got to be a model um, for a celebrity stylist and we filmed it and then it was on Hairbrain. And I mean, it's like, like, but you put yourself in a position to have those opportunities, Absolutely. right? Like you, Annie was at my desk every day for like 40 minutes a day. Um, <laughs> every day she was in school. Okay. I'm here. What's new? What are what are we doing? Um, and while that did get her in trouble uh, a couple of <laughs> times, they were like, "Hey, get back to class." Um, she was always absolutely first on my list to oh, she, like there's this cool opportunity. You know who would love it? Annie MacArthur. So, um, I I think you really did open yourself up to. To oper you created opportunities for yes. yourself by being so persistent yes um and and being so open to doing anything so i know that if i had been like hey it's last minute i know it's friday at 5 p.m but sunday morning at 8 a.m if you want to drive through the night to la you know and go assist this person or go take this class they they happen to be giving us a free class she would be like uh-huh like i'm i'll work it out and and she might've had to move mountains, but it was going to happen. Uh, and I think when you are that kind of student, you're always going to have great opportunities. Uh -huh. And I also think that you hear a lot of in schools like, oh, well, so-and-so just, they, she's the favorite and they get everything. And I want you to really think about um, that mindset as you're going through school, because are they being handed everything or are they creating those opportunities? Mm -hmm. Are they putting themselves in the right place at the right time, you know, or, or is it just luck falling down from the heavens for them? Mm -hmm. I, I tend to think that they are creating that luck, Absolutely. you know, like there's that quote, like the harder I work, the luckier I get. Um, and that really resonates because I think that, I think it's really all about, all about creating opportunities, the same as it is, you know, DMing salons about education to be in front of them so that you can get hired. Yep. Um, it's also being in front of, you know, the different people who are out in the world. Something we've talked about in a past podcast, but I definitely want to bring it up again, because for me, it's really important to talk about and to have a continued conversation forever is the fact that like, I am not an extrovert. I am not that person uh -huh. <laughs> that is like, look at me, you know, like I'm here. Like, you know, I'm, I, I'm not that person. I like to be in bed by nine o'clock. <laughs> I like to have a yeah. full night's sleep. I like to have quiet time. I'm very introverted. I, I do not exude that extrovert personality. And so things always felt really hard. And I had to learn how to push through that to get to what I mm -hmm. wanted because I knew what my mm -hmm. goals were. I knew that it was a time in my life that was like, I have to make the most of this, even though I'm dying inside <laughs> having to Absolutely. do all, you know, cause it's, it is not for some introverts, it is extremely difficult to put yourself in that position. And I just had to constantly push myself out of that box at my first first hair show I attended as a student I met two of my mentors at that time Erin was already one so she had already been a part of my life but at that show I met Russell Mays who is still mm -hmm. a huge 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 part of my life and still my mentor 
and my co-host on this podcast that right. you hear often, yep. <laughs> like he is a huge part of my life. And how did I meet him? Because I went to the hair show. I went to the hairbrained, um, what did they used meetup. to call it? It was the meetup at the time. Meetup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before, yeah before, before it was what it is today, this was like everyone just literally meeting up in the bar at the Hyatt to have a good time bar. to talk to each other, to hang out and to like be present with other hairdressers that were like-minded. And that is how I met Russell Mays. And I was a little baby student. Aaron told us to make little business cards that we could hand out. And I, you know, handed him my card and like, <laughs> it was literally like, click, like <laughs> we are going to be besties for the rest of our lives. And we are. So fun to think about now, like, here's my business card, you know? And now we're like, here, I follow you on Instagram. Yes, you know, and it's like, (laughs) it can feel so silly, but those moments of just really uncomfortably (laughs) pushing yourself outside of those boundaries Mm -hmm. can make a massive, you know, like the salon owner that I currently work for, I met at that hair show. I lived in a different state completely and I <laughs> knew I'm going to work for him one day because that is the type of hair that I want to do and that is the type of hairdresser that I want to be. And you know what? 10 years later, I worked there. I am there and I'm making the difference that I had always wanted to when I was a student and I get to do the things that I had always wanted to do in the beginning of my career and now I'm getting to do them and I think it's pushing yourself and feeling kind of silly when you do it and just like pushing through that uncomfortableness, it, it really, it truly makes the difference, you know, because they say like, if you're not uncomfortable or you're not scared or whatever, it's not worth it. I, 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 I'm living proof that that is absolutely true. I, I think anybody that works at a school, that is what they want for you, right? If they want you to, to meet your hair heroes and move across the country and work with them like uh-huh. like there is there is no greater feeling than facilitating something like that um so when i say connect connect with your people connect with your people um they care they are they are paid to be there but uh-huh. they they do care because trust me they are not paid much um and so they are there they are there because of passion find Find your passionate people, find your passionate people and let them know that you are excited, um, you know, and to to take a chance on you. And if you are having a hard time finding those passionate people, we are those passionate people. Yeah. You slide into our DMs. (laughs) You slide into our DMs and, you know, you, you reach out. I'll find you online, (laughs) like, which we have also talked about in past podcasts. Like if you are having a hard time finding a mentor, where your mentor, <laughs> like you slide into the DMs, like, like, or we will help mm-hmm. you find someone, you know, like we have made connections for people worldwide. And, and it's something that we are so passionate about. And, you know, it's the whole reason we even do this podcast is because we want to make sure that the future of the industry has the best available information and chance and start mm-hmm. to their career as they possibly can. I 100% agree with you. No, no greater happiness than seeing connections happen and yep. and people find a space that really, really works for them. You know, or find a class that changed their lives or um, that they were afraid to go to. So, yeah. I would say that's honestly that's that's the last piece of advice I would give to somebody to to make the most out of 
out of those years of that year of schooling besides showing up, which is a hundred percent the number one piece of advice, show up every yeah. day. I know you're hungover, I know you're tired and you worked the late shift last night, but go to school. Uh, because that is how you will maximize your time is being there. Like you're paying to be there. But stepping outside of your fear, stepping outside of those things, whether it's, you know, the fear of talking to new people or, you know, the fear of failing. Um, there, There are so many things in this industry that will make you uncomfortable. And I think at some point you just have to like jump off the cliff and fly, you know, and that's really the only way to do it. And so I would say be as fearless as possible and push yourself to do those things that are wildly uncomfortable. Like, I would rather die than be uh, on video in a podcast, <laughs> like ever for any reason. And with Annie, she's always like, hmm, we need to make a video. And it's like this, <laughs> and like this part of me is just like, no, let's don't. But to get the things that you want, you have to show up. And the things that you want are not comfortable. If If they were, you wouldn't want them. So just to kind of recap really quickly, <laughs> main things, main things to do, make sure that you're taking education, that you're building relationships with salons. Yes. Um, make sure that you're, that you are following, following all of the trade media and um, utilizing your resources at school. So yep. making sure that you are connecting with people who are in the know and then entering competitions. competitions. Yep. <laughs> Scary as hell, but I promise it's, it's for your own good. Attend hair uh, shows. If possible, attending hair and then and then stepping outside of your comfort zone, yeah, and facing fear head on. Absolutely. If you do all of those things, I, I promise you, I you promise will take over you, this world. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> there, you will have a successful career. I promise. You could just do some of them consistently. Like you will be in the top one percent of hairdressers. And God, you're already. You're listening to podcasts. You're already doing some of it. So check that off your list right Definitely. now. Well, this is, this has been very, this has been great. A little therapeutic. <laughs> I really I'll stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> we are just so grateful for everyone listening and make sure that you hit the like and subscribe buttons. Um, you can listen to us on uh, Apple iTunes and Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts and please leave comments. We would love to know what you would like to know for future episodes or slide into the DMs mm -hmm. at the hair nerds at scissor moss social online. Make sure you follow both and we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye.